Hello, world, and welcome to the Sales Synergistics Podcast, and I'm very excited about this week's conversation. Got one of my favorite people in the world, Miss Alicia Butler-Pierre, who is the founder and CEO of Equilibrium Incorporated and the host with the most of the Business Infrastructure Podcast, of whom I was recently a guest, and we're going to be having a great conversation today about some of the things we discussed. How are you doing today, Alicia? I am well. Thank you, Jason. I'm glad to have you here. And just so you know, we have braved the snow in Atlanta. <laughs> Which you all might know means the entire city could be shut down at any moment to be here. But we're here and we're going to give you a great conversation coming up in just a moment. Hello, world, and welcome to the Sales Synergistics Podcast, where we arm you with the knowledge, tools, skills, and experts to bring your sales, marketing, and operations teams together all through your sales process. Let's get into our podcast for the day and see how we can help you succeed. Well, hello, everyone. I'm here again, as I said, with Alicia Butler-Pierre and also with a surprise bout of laryngitis. You're going to hear my my evening Barry White quiet storm <laughs> voice today because uh, we, we've, we've got some some snow here in Atlanta, Georgia today. But nonetheless, it's warm here in the studio, and we've got a, a warm and ebullient guest today, Miss uh, Alicia. Uh, welcome. Thanks Thank for coming. You. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jason. Yeah, I really enjoyed being on your podcast, and I'm glad that you can be here with us today. Uh, now, I know you well, but some of my listeners haven't got to meet you, so please tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your podcast, and your business. Sure. My my business is Equilibria, as you mentioned earlier. I have been in business, believe it or not, for 15 years. Actually, it will officially be 15 years in May 2020. Can't believe it. It's gone by so fast. And what I do is I specialize in creating what I call business infrastructure for fast-growing small businesses. So basically giving them infrastructure to help them scale with less pain. I do have a podcast by the same name, which is Business Infrastructure. And I've been podcasting now for about a year and a half and also wrote a book, about business infrastructure. It's called Behind the Facade, How to Structure Company Operations for Sustainable Success. Well, wonderful. And I know that uh, I've talked to some of the people who have worked with you and some of your clients. Very, very successful from the things you've been able to teach them. So keep up the good work. Thank you. But we're here on a podcast. And uh, as a follow-up to your podcast, I'll just take a second to talk about that because I know that that's important for a lot of businesses now to get uh, presence and recognition as thought leaders and uh, valuable resources. Uh, How has that been for you, running a podcast? It has been, honestly, it has completely changed my business. It breathed new life into my business. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. And who would have thought, right? Because... When I, when I started my podcast, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And honestly, it seemed as though it was just yet another approach of kind of like just throwing spaghetti at the wall and figuring out what would stick. And it wasn't until after about a year of podcasting, believe it or not, and I, I podcast weekly, that I really started to understand the business development, which I know you'll appreciate. Right. right. Yes. The business development opportunities that could come about as a result of my podcast. That's wonderful. Uh, I've just started with this podcast myself, following Mm -hmm. suit after a mentor like (laughs) you. 
And it's been uh, tremendous as people are able to talk about, wow, I heard you on uh, this podcast or that podcast. And now that they're uh, seeing me in that light, again, business development, they're eager to hear me speak. They're eager to come onto my podcast. It's a huge door opener. I'm really enjoying it. And uh, I encourage everybody to do that. I notice that a lot of times people want to go to video. But right. we don't have a lot of time to watch the video or we're driving. Exactly. Yeah, this audio medium is very exactly. powerful. Exactly. I normally do this towards the end of the, the conversation, but since we're on this topic, um, you're actually here doing a great service to the world today because just by being on the podcast today, you're going to be a contributor to the podcast World Tour, which okay. is a first year awareness campaign for the Auditory Verbal Center here in Georgia. The Auditory Verbal Center. Yeah, it it helps children who are born deaf to live in a hearing world through therapy and through uh, surgeries and technologies that aren't available anywhere else in Georgia. And they've Mm -hmm. helped um, thousands of children as young as two years old to to be able to hear for the first time. And we're just getting the word out. That is awesome, Jason. Didn't know you were doing some good today, did you? Did not know at all. Well, that's good. We're raising new podcast listeners, so uh, we just encourage everybody to go to podcastworldtour.com and uh, check out what we're doing there, and please spread the word. Do you think you'll help spread for us? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't even have to ask. That's a given. (laughs) Well, good. Well, you've got thousands of listeners over your many years of doing these podcasts, and um, you said it really helps you a bunch, and you've helped my business by being on your podcast, right? <laughs> and since that's the topic of conversation, I'm going to pretend like I don't remember what we talked about. Uh, okay. Right? <laughs> so tell me, what, 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 what did you invite me to the podcast for, and how did that go? So my podcast is segmented into seasons, and you actually kicked off, I believe it was season six, which was all about profitable processes. So I asked that each of of my guests during that particular season come on and really spell out and detail the steps of a particular process and how that ultimately leads to greater profitability. And you, Jason, came on again. You kicked off that particular season, and you talked about the sales synergistics process that you developed and that you've tried and tested over many years with different clients around the around the country Mm -hmm. and so that's what that's what we talked about that's great and um we were we were thrilled to kind of pick through it in detail because i think you from your operations background saw some great parallels to i did the perspectives you saw you know some of the takeaways from what you did in operations and what I appreciated most, there were several things, several things that I personally learned. And that's another great thing about podcasting, especially when you don't just do monologues, but you actually invite guests. You're learning, too. And that's definitely the case for me. But one of the things that really stuck with me was the fact that you've, you've worked across all three areas, sales, marketing, and operations. And so you know the 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 feelings and the emotions and the the drives within each of those groups and how passionate each of those groups are. And you're in a really good position to be able to bridge the gaps sometimes that may exist across those different silos. Yeah. I remember us having that conversation. And now that the audience is all caught up, you know, (laughs) I I love the opportunity to continue that conversation because it's the silos that are so Mm -hmm. detrimental to business today. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, It's just so crippling when operations is pointing the finger at sales and marketing is uh, fussing at operations. And it's, it's just so debilitating. Are you seeing that with your clients? Absolutely. And, 
I think a big part of it is because the way I look at it is it's it's two sides of the same coin. So sales is is you know definitely a, a part of marketing. So I always look at it as you know again a, a two sides of the same coin. You have marketing and sales on one side, operations on the other. And I actually talked about that a little bit in my book. And even when I'm kind of on the speaking circuit, is this this war <laughs> yeah. that tends to go on between sales and, and marketing and operations. And I, I also refer to it as kind of like the, um, if you think about the yin and the yang, you can't have one without the other. You can't have day without night. You right. can't have logic without emotion. It's, right. it's, it's a duality. And I think if we, the more we do to educate each other about what, what our respective fields are really about, I think the, I won't say you'll completely understand, but, but maybe gain a greater respect and appreciation for the fact that both are needed, or all three in this case right. are needed. That's right. I, I like that all three point. You talk about the two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. right? If you think about a coin, you've got the marketing side, you've got the sales side. Mm-hmm. The edge that holds them together is the operations, right? Mm. That's the edge that holds them together. Uh, you can't get the two sides together without that that glue in between. I think we were talking before we started about the the opinion, the feeling of operations leaders as being the business, right? As having that central uh, unifying role and having right. that, that sense of authority. This is, I guess I'm putting words in it, but authority uh, of being the business from the oper- operations perspective, which leads to a whole lot of uh, finger pointing or telling what to do. Now, that's my perspective from the sales side. Is that the way that operations is, people tend to feel? That is not the way I feel, Jason. <laughs> 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 because I argue, and, and, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm working with a lot of smaller companies, right. too. And I find that they actually don't really know what operations means, even though that's what they're doing. Mm. They don't necessarily call it operations. So in my opinion, and from my experience, it's all about marketing. Mm. Even when I'm out and about, and, and you know this, we, we've, I mean, we met at a, an event, a, a web, no, it wasn't a webinar, but it was, it was definitely an event. But you go to any event, business-related event or workshop, it's almost always about, okay, we can help you grow your business, grow your business, right. grow your business. Everyone seems to be saying that. And it's always from a marketing-type perspective. So it's usually about personal branding, promotions, PR, publicity, sales, right. business development. But you almost never see anyone talking about your operational efficiency, talking about processes, talking about systems. So that's what I've personally been on a quest to do right. is to is to raise awareness about operations and why it is so important. I also think that with operations, the way I describe it to people is marketing and and I don't want us to get into a debate here, so let's no, let, no, I hope please. we can have a healthy dialogue about this, but the way I see it well, you, you you know us we we don't argue <laughs> we're here to educate the public so sales and marketing is is about what you do or I'm sorry about what you say to bring to attract customers and clients to your business mm-hmm. operations is what you actually do to deliver that that product or that service and so 
You're right. There can definitely be a disconnect. If you spend so much time on your sales and marketing mm-hmm. and you're doing a really great job and you've you've erected this facade and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And so people are coming to you and they're like, oh, my gosh, Jason, wow, I see your stuff all the time online. I saw that you were on CNN or Larry King Live or whatever. <laughs> and so they they form this perception. And now all of a sudden you have so much traffic coming to your website that it crashes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's operations saying we tried to tell you, Jason, that if you went on to that, if you went on to Larry King Live, this is what would happen. Right. We don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the capacity. That's operational language. When we start talking about capacity, bandwidth, being able supply, being able to meet the demand. Correct. And people usually don't start thinking about that until it's too late. Right. Yes. I, I got to say that most salespeople see the perspective I expressed, right? Mm-hmm. Playing a role there, right? That, oh, these operations guys are telling us what to do and they think they're the business and we're supposed to do what they say. There's a feeling of that. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is there's that lack of communication, that lack of understanding of what yes. the other side does. Yes. That causes that divide. Um, I don't think that either group invites the others to the table to say, here's what we're doing, here's what we're working on, here's what we need. I feel that everybody cares about each other because we're all the same animal, we're all the same company. So if sales knew everything that went into operations parameters and restrictions, they could govern themselves within them. Mm -hmm. And similarly, if operations knew everything that sales needed, not just to close a sale with a brand new customer, but to meet the promises that they made when they closed that new customer right. so they get repeat business and referrals, then operations could build and scale the business specifically with the seller's success in mind. Yes. I think that could happen. Now, those processes that you teach, mm-hmm. how mind-blowing, how transformational is it when you get someone to think, in that infrastructure operations perspective for the first time. How life-changing is it for them? Oh, my gosh. It's, it changes. It's a game changer. Hmm. It truly is. Because most people don't realize just how much knowledge is, is still inside of their head. Hmm. And so my job is to get that knowledge out of your head and onto paper, into video format, into whatever tool we may use to be able to capture that information and share it with other people as you start to expand your team. Hmm. And if I were to ask you, Jason, you know, let's tomorrow we're going to come into your office and we're going to start capturing some of your key processes, your day-to-day processes that you go through. And you may say, well, that's that's easy. I mean, I mean, I can sit down right now and tell you and we'll be done in about 30 minutes. But that's because you know what you do like the back of your hand. For me, as a person who doesn't know what you do and I don't have an appreciation for all of the detail and the nuances that may go into what you do, I my role is unique because I get to probe. Well, Jason, what you may describe to me in 10 steps By the time I get finished with you, it may be a hundred steps. Right. (laughs) But that's the whole point. You're so good at what you do that you don't even think of it as an actual process. And it's not until you realize that you need to start cloning yourself as you start to expand your team 
the importance of actually, again, transferring that knowledge from out of your head and getting it onto, for lack of a better word, paper, so that other people can be trained in the way that you do what you do. Right. Documenting and curating. That's what I like to say. Curating your processes and your steps. uh, You know, curating your knowledge and your repeatable processes so that you can build that culture Mm -hmm. of continuous improvement and a consistent outcome for your customers. That's critical. Yes. It's critical because, you know, if you're ad hoc, then there's no telling what the customer is going to get exactly from their experience. Uh, I love that you pointed out something. You ghosted a concept here that was critical for me starting out here in consulting is talking about the value of coaching. Yes. The beautiful, the beauty of that outsider's perspective. It, yes. it helps take people from that paradigm of learning that we call unconscious competence where they don't know why mm-hmm. they're good. They're competent, but they don't know why. Or hmm. if they're unconsciously incompetent where they don't know what they don't know. Sometimes it's only that outsider's perspective that can bring it, that you're able to do with Equilibrium Incorporated. You can come in from the outside and say, listen, I can see some blind spots, some gaps that you can't see. And as a coach, I can coach you through it. Or I can look at why you're so successful and help you to highlight those strengths and repeat them and teach the other people in your organization. Insiders can't do that. It's like trying to see your own, the inside of your own eyeball. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just impossible. Right? And it's funny you say that because I struggle with trying to capture my own, pro- my company's processes. Mm-hmm. I, I have actually hired other people in the past to interview me on how I do what I do. Because I know that I will inadvertently leave some, some important steps out. Not intentionally. It's just, it's human nature. It is, yeah. Because you know it so well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get to flowing with it. I, so to everyone listening, again, no uh, harm in being self-serving here, right? <laughs> Shameless plug. But uh, you definitely need to look into the, the coaches that inform your business. So there's a lot of people at the small business level that don't want to make that investment in outside yes. help. You know, they're, well, you know, money's kind of tight when really getting that expertise, that outside perspective is the most important thing to your business, not pinching pennies over here. And and I'll tell you something else, Jason. Whenever I work with any type of coach, because there's so many different types of coaches mm-hmm. as it, when it comes to business, but having, having an accountability partner, mm. someone that you know that you – there's something – really magical about knowing that you have to report to someone, whether it be whatever frequency, scheduling frequency you set up with your coach, whether it be weekly, bi-weekly, but just knowing, okay, I know I have my meeting with coach Jason tomorrow. Crap. I haven't done what I was supposed to do. Right. So it, it, it keeps you on top. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And before you know it, you've accomplished things that you never would have been able to do. On your own. Absolutely. Uh, as an anecdote, I want to share the accountability that I've been doing. Hopefully you all can do the same thing if you're listening. Um, just person you trust, unpaid, close friend in the same field as you. Mm. They have the same kind of action steps they need to take. And they're aware of your goals and the objectives you want. And I have a peer of mine, Abednego Don. He's over at uh, CoAdvantage. And uh, he's one of the most tenacious business developers I've ever met. Mm. Made President's Club in six months, which is a 12-month endeavor. Um, But the way we did our accountability was we would just, on a daily basis, 
email each other our activity at the end of the day. Here's what I accomplished. Here are the business act development activities that I had committed to for you. We each had different activities, different goals. And at the end of each day, we get the email. And I'd look, you know, at 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night, and here's the email from my accountability partner. Here's my steps. And he had done his, and I was like, dang. I look at my list. <laughs> I look at Feeling my list. And I go, oh, wait a minute. What did I miss? <laughs> okay. And, I, and there I am until 10 at night getting it in. But it, it drove the business. It, it helped the business go better. And, and he was asked, how did he make President's Club so fast? He pointed to accountability as, as that thing. That's what coaching can do for you. You know, and, and it's, it's, I don't care how self-driven you are or how motivated you are, you have to have other people around you. Mm. You do. Mm. You cannot do this alone. Mm-hmm. Not if you're serious about spreading your influence, spreading impact, being of value, and really scaling mm. what you do and the message behind what you do. You absolutely cannot do it alone. And again, I don't care how, how motivated, how self-driven you are, how self-determined you are. You have to have other people in your corner who are pushing you, rooting for you, cheering you on, yeah. and challenging you. Because a lot of times it's easy if it's just you and you're just, just you you know, me, myself, and I, of course, if I don't feel like doing something today, well, I don't, I don't have I any, don't I'm not accountable to anyone else. Yeah. I don't want to well, do I'm, it. I'm the boss, so. Exactly, I'm the <laughs> boss. But if you have a coach or any other consultant that you may work with or, or members of your team or someone on your staff who you know if you don't get up, and do a certain activity, that person may not eat today. Mm. Mm. That person may not be able to pay for their child's tuition, whatever the case may be. So it's not just about you. It's about the entire community of people that you have around you. Absolutely. To that point about the community, um, touchy subject that's out there right now, which will bring us full circle back to what we've been talking about, um, is diversity. Right. Mm. As you bring people into your circle to coach and advise you, having a diversity of perspective mm-hmm. is critical. Yes. If you got a bunch of people in the room that think like you, right. you're going to come out <laughs> thinking the same thing as you did before. Right. Ergo, as an operational leader, <coughs> as a sales leader, as a marketer, having that advice of someone from those other silos has got to be essential to your success to get that perspective so you know how to build your silo mm-hmm. to build your little fiefdom so that it can support the others that you depend on right. uh, and how hard is it to do in some of the clients that you've seen to get that outside perspective from the other different genres the you're right it's it's definitely a challenge and what i try to really push in terms of messaging is that business infrastructure is all about showing that linkage of all parts of the business, the interconnectivity of it all. It's an analogy that I've been using lately is a Rubik's Cube. Imagine you have a Rubik's Cube and all of the colors aren't, you know, you don't have all of the same color on each side of the Rubik's Cube. That's how most existing businesses are that, that have some amount of success. In other words, you have you have these different elements. You have your processes. You have your different departments. You have different people working for you, different technologies that you're leveraging. But it's still, it's kind of all jumbled up. And you have to be able to figure out how the right 
coordination or what manipulation is needed in order to get everything looking solid, smooth, and streamlined. One of the exercises that I do when I'm working with my clients is one of the very first things that we do is we have a a huge brainstorming session. And it's a requirement that there's a representative from every single area of the business. And they have to be there throughout the entire session. So it's not about, well, we're going to start with with HR first, and you you guys come in and you talk for an hour, and then we're going to have someone from IT come in, and then someone from sales. No, we're all, if we're saying this session is scheduled today from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m., everybody needs to block out that entire day. If you're participating, you're going to be there the entire day. And what happens, Jason, is as people start talking, you'll hear other people say, well, I didn't realize that's what you all were doing. Well, well, explain that to me. Or I thought, are we still doing that? Do we still use that technology? Why? They're having conversations that they've never had before. And it's a beautiful thing to see them all in the same room at the same time, actually talking to each other and not talking over each other. And then by the time we meet up again after that brainstorming session, There's another exercise that I take them through where we have all of these different tasks that they've all identified as a result of that brainstorming session, and they're placed onto these little note cards that are spread across a very large table. And again, as a group, they are now deciding, okay, these these tasks go together. Mm -hmm. And if we had to assign a, a, a name or a department to this particular grouping of tasks, we would call it this. And they go through that entire exercise together. Mm. So now they have, they have skin in the game. And from that point, we then help them figure out from these different tasks what processes actually need to be documented as a result of these different tasks. And it's very collaborative. It's highly visual. And again, it's, it's transparent and it's, it's enabling conversations to be had that have never taken place before. To everyone that's listening in the investor community, if you've recently acquired a company in the scaling or the growth phase and you haven't called Alicia yet to take your <laughs> investment through this exercise, you need to make the time to do it. And we'll make sure you have our contact information. Um, you talked about your process that you do there, mm-hmm. that kind of a uh, unifying exercise and having everyone stop their work for the day is something you can't do without the authority of the senior leadership, which yep. is, I mean, that's so essential that the senior leaders take ownership of this. That's why I started the sales synergistics concepts from that C-level leader's perspective, that they have mm-hmm. to make it and take ownership of it uh, and make it a priority. Uh, and I was hoping I am hoping that this will be the new unifying theory uh, of how sales, marketing, and operations can work together. I'm thrilled to hear that you've had some success and you'll be taking yes. some of those points forward. As we wrap up, will you share with the audience where you're going to be going in the, in the next couple of days? I understand you've got a presentation coming up. Yes. I'd love for you to share it with the world and some of the things you hope to take forward with you. And uh, we'll wrap up with your contact information. Okay, so I will actually be in Los Angeles next week speaking at the podcast 
Movement Evolutions Conference. And I'm going to be specifically talking about how I have been able to use my podcast as a business development tool. And I will, if anyone is interested in getting a copy of that presentation, I'm more than happy to send you a link to it. Just reach out to me on LinkedIn, Alicia Butler Pierre, that's P like Paul, I-E-R-R-E. You can also find me at Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Alicia underscore B, like boy, underscore Pierre. Fantastic. And we will make sure we uh, put that in the show notes. And ladies and gentlemen, don't be surprised when you see the Sales Synergistics Business Infrastructure Podcast (laughs) World Tour coming to you (laughs) at some point. Because I I think this is a a fantastic collaboration that's going to continue. And so I can't yes. wait to have you on again or to be on your show again. Yes, and absolutely, Hopefully Jason. be in front of rooms full of people spreading I this gospel. I hope so, yes. Yeah. Yes, that would be amazing. Well, thank you for your time. Let's uh, put on our parkas and our galoshes and, and brave this <laughs> snowy weather. I think we almost got a whole quarter inch. <laughs> we, might, we, we might just survive it this time. But pray for Atlanta, maybe, everyone. Maybe, maybe. Yes, maybe. Yes. We, will, we will survive and we will rebuild. Right? All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Y'all take care and we'll see you on the next Sales Synergistics Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We appreciate you dialing in and listening to our podcast on a regular basis. Tell your friends about us. Tune in next time to find some more fantastic information to help you succeed in the world of sales. I'm Jason Smith, and we'll see you next time here at Sales Synergistics. Goodbye, world.